With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we will continue looking ahead to week four by breaking down some of your start-sick questions and also going over some top DFS plays. So very special guest today, uh, Action Network and Fantasy Labs analyst, reigning top five ranker in the Fantasy Football Ranking Actually Challenge, all around sharp dude, and just a good friend of mine, Chris Raybon. Chris, how's it going, man? Doing good, Ian. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to talk with you about some football. It's been a minute, and uh, man, I mean, what a year. What a year is right, man. It's, uh, you know, luckily, though, I saw an interesting thing on Twitter today where scoring's up, I believe it was five uh, points per game because uh, they're actually calling holding uh, penalties at like 1% less or a lot less, whatever it might be. So, you know, out of a lot of things going wrong in 2020, at least we finally have refs swallowing their whistle a little bit more. So we that's got actually, that. That's actually a misconception. There's Scoring's not going up. It's just all Russell Wilson. <laughs> it's like when you, enough, throw, when you throw 14 touchdowns in three games, that'll kind of raise scoring around the league. That'll kind of fuck up your, your priors and your base rates. You know? You had me really nervous that I was like forgetting something, but no, nah, it's just some rust love, which, hey, man, yeah, that also makes sense. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, every Tuesday, the at PFF uh, underscore fantasy Twitter account sends out a tweet asking for your toughest start sick questions. I compiled them to get some interesting ones with some of the, you know, more hot topic players, and Chris and I are going to go over them. So let's get after it starting off Chris we're just gonna assume you know not Apple QBs but assume PPR for these right now though Matthew Stafford Jared Goff or Gardner Minshew who you got mm, that is, that's a really good question uh, I would go with Matthew Stafford I think Jared Goff could throw uh, you know two three even four touchdowns but the yardage expectation in a game uh, where you're a 13 point favorite is going to be a little bit lower. They could get into a run heavy script and they've run, uh, I believe it's 37 times to 30 passes on average, but Stafford has Gaudi back. That completely changes his average target depth. Uh, he's going way down the field with, with Galladay and this could be a shootout. The New Orleans defense hasn't been very good. Yeah, they got a lot of talent out there, but definitely haven't played uh, to their potential at this point. Uh, Stafford with the number one receiver back. Minshew still doesn't have his, and I think when it is, you know, an offense like the Jaguars where, you know, they got some good guys. I'm not giving up on uh, Chenault or anything like that, but you do lose a true potential alpha like Chark, and you, we've kind of seen the ramifications, what that can have on the rest of the crew. And, yeah, I'm with you with Goff. I mean, how does he only throw the ball 32 times in a game where Josh Allen and company just roared out to a 25-point lead, run first offense? I don't think they're going to have any problems doing that against the Giants. All right, another, uh, I think, tough one that wasn't going to be so tough a few weeks ago, but Mr. Joe Burrow versus, versus uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. I mean, and I love Joe Burrow, but, like, this is the classic example of people overreacting, and maybe I'm a little more aware of this because um, I'm so much in the betting space now where this is, like, a constant theme, but Deshaun Watson started the season with the Kansas City Chiefs, who a defense that I think is really underrated with Steve Spagnuolo. We saw what they did to, to Lamar Jackson. Then they play the Ravens, who have a very good defense when they're not facing Mahomes. 
and then they play the Steelers, who have one of the best defenses in the league, uh, you know, last year. And I think it's carried over enough to this year. They still got the same pieces. So kind of a classic spot where just a really tough schedule for him. Uh, this Minnesota defense hasn't been good. They just got in a shootout with the Titans. Um, you know, it's going to be it's, it's going to turn around in short order for Deshaun. Yeah, I think, you know, having Burrow there, most dropbacks in the league, we've seen him have that rushing floor. Like, and versus a lot of guys, I do have Burrow as a QB1 this week, you know, in the top 12. But versus Watson, no, I think you nailed it. Uh, as long as the Vikings don't have the Neil Hunter and the secondary remains banged up, we just got to keep going back to the well. And credit to Watson, even during this stretch, man, he's still averaging career-high marks and adjusted completion percentage and yards per attempt. I mean, it hasn't been pretty because the Texans are giving up, you know, 30-plus points per game, and they haven't been able to get in the win column just yet. But, you know, even this post-Hopkins offense, and still looks like they're going to be able to put up plenty of points. And, yeah, this schedule, man, just keep looking at this up uh, until mid-November. Vikings, Jaguars twice, Titans, Packers, and Browns. Go get any of these guys if you can. Uh, get find someone to buy, uh, sell them low. Fun fact real quick. The only team to ever uh, start 0-3 and come back to make the playoffs, the, Tennessee, uh, the uh, Houston Texans, and they did it two years ago. So, like, yes. this was just, like, kind of written for them to, to go do. Unlike um, – Peterson, who just punted away the season in Philly. It's going to be tough to lose too many games when you consistently have uh, the better quarterback of the matchup. We didn't see that quite as often those first three weeks, but I think moving forward, we will. All right, one last quarterback question. Uh, Mr. QB1, Josh Allen versus Kyler Murray. Josh Allen. Uh, Kyler Murray, I talked about this in the Fantasy Labs breakdown last week. It was like, okay, we have enough money to get up to Russell Wilson. Why are we even going to go with Kyler when he's averaged like seven yards and under per attempt in his career? Uh, he's just not quite as good of a passer. And in this situation, they're both, you know, you, you had those questions about both of them. And I think people think Kyler is the better passer. But this year, anyway, it's been Josh Allen and he's facing one of the worst defenses in the league. The only thing you could maybe be worried about a little bit is the traveling, you know, East Coast to West. But Sean McDermott, Bermitt tends to get those guys prepared 13 and seven against the spread in those spots. Um, so that tells you they're, uh, they're, they're handling their business. I like that spread number, man. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it, you know, it's a great problem to have. You have these two quarterbacks on your roster. But yeah, I do have Josh Allen, QB3, Kyler at QB5. It's been incredible to see what Hopkins does. And, you know, firing up that Kyler Hopkins stack is going to be at this point with Adams and Michael Thomas banged up, you know, one of the higher floor ones you can come up with. But, I mean, this is like a sneaky shootout potentially uh, with the Bills and Raiders. I think the Cardinals are really going to have, uh, you know, be able to run the ball all over the Panthers because that's what everyone does when they face the Panthers. Uh, so could end up being more of a Kenyon Drake week than we've seen in the past. Moving on to some running back questions. Got a couple here with Daryl Henderson. First, though, Henderson versus Joe Mixon. Mixon. Like, Darrell Henderson, you know, he's the hot guy right now. But the one thing about the, the Rams is that uh, McVay has kind of said he's willing to mix it up a little bit. This is a script that, while it does favor the run, it could favor the run with, like, the third or fourth string guy. You know what I mean? Like the way the Giants are playing, like you might see, uh, you know, Raymond Calais in there at some point. So uh, I'm a little more cautious with Henderson. Uh, you know, we've seen, you know, Malcolm Brown kind of step up at times. Akers look good before he went down. But I just think that especially in a game like this, there's a lot of uncertainty. Like things could go a lot of different ways. So um, I'm still rolling with Mixon against the Jags, who uh, are one of the, if not the worst defense uh, in the league, I think. Uh, you hit on it, you know, Burrow will be able to move the ball and, and that's going to help Mixon because the offensive line really hasn't helped them. But if they move the ball, that's more touchdown opportunities. Uh, I think it's a good spot for him. 
I, I really wish this was like the most lopsided mix and start sick question I've got this week, but it's not even close. People are giving up on this guy right now and he's on pace for 315 touches. It's not like he's going to play 16 games and just not find the end zone. And I understand it's frustrating when we have guys like Mixon where, you know, we see him catch the ball and they look great doing it. And then we just continue to see Giovanni Bernard get those snaps, but that's been the reality. And this exact same scenario played out last year in weeks one through three, 2019, Mixon had 26.8 PPR points. This year he has 27.2 PPR points. So he's going to be okay. Keep following that volume. And in this case, it is a good player. I wish the O-line was better and there was more targets as well. But, you know, continue to treat Mixon as that borderline RB1 that he has been for the better part of the last three seasons. All right, another Daryl Henderson one, this time versus David Johnson. Call me crazy, uh, but I like Johnson this week. And the reason is this. It goes back to the game script and the, and the strength of opponent. When you are facing a, a tough opponent, you are not going to be able to run the ball as much. You, you, you see a clear correlation between, you know, carries going down when your point differential uh, goes wider against you. And so Johnson has only got, I think it's 11, 11, 13 in terms of his carries the first three weeks of the season. However, he's getting pretty much all of the backfield work. Uh, this team isn't necessarily like, peppering any one guy with targets you know Fuller had his week and they have cooks and but they kind of rotate guys and Johnson's really been getting a ton of work um you know comparatively to the other guys in that team and this Minnesota defense again just it's, it's shaky all around it's not the Zimmer defense we're used to so I like Johnson I got Johnson three spots ahead of Henderson as well. I think you said it. And look, I mean, the volume that we hope for with Johnson coming to Houston as a centerpiece of that DeAndre Hopkins trade, check. Johnson is still healthy, check. And the one, like, that was fine. Like, that was going to probably give him enough volume just to even meet his kind of RB2 ADP. But he actually looks good. I mean, not even just week one. Like, last week, scored a touchdown. He's averaging the same amount of force missed tackles he had as a rookie. And, you know, up into that uh, 20 uh, magical, you know, 2015-2016 uh, stretch. So I'm not saying he's exactly that same guy, but at a minimum, he's better than the guy we saw over the past two seasons. And I think he's a little more capable of surviving, not just on target volume. All right. So uh, two more running back ones. First, we have just, you know, all around worldwide superstar James Robinson versus waiver wire darling Mike Davis. Who you got? I got to go with Robinson and I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like, I think he's pretty good. I said this before the, uh, the season, I was like, yo, like everyone's kind of wondering if they should take uh who was it? Raquel Armstead. I'm like, there's a new OC. So that means there's not like, even though this head coach is there, he doesn't have allegiance to any of these players on offense. That's why DD Westbrook got benched the first three weeks. And uh, he, he found this undrafted gem and Gruden. This is what he does. Rob Kelly, uh, Alfred Morris, all like he, uh, like he is the king of like these, like, you know, bigger undrafted free agent types and turning them into to stars. And honestly, I think Robinson is better than a lot of backs in this league. And, like, he shouldn't be uh, more expensive than Clyde Edwards Lair on DraftKings. That is egregious. But uh, don't look at the name and say, ah, I, I have to wonder. He's a every week uh, uh, starter. Yeah, right now only Kamara, Aaron Jones, Zeke, and Dalvin Cook have more uh, PPR points through three weeks. I don't think that's going to hold up for the entire season. We did see, you know, Chris Thompson take away a lot of the pass game work. But, you know, six targets for Robinson himself in a game where Thompson takes away that much work, great to see. And this week's matchup uh, particularly, you know, is going to be a situation where I don't think they're going to face, you know, the sort of just extreme negative game script that we might see uh, a little bit moving forward. So. I'll, bet, I'll bet you any amount of money that uh, Robinson's numbers will hold up longer than Chris Thompson. Thompson's health like like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like 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 he Thompson's done by like week six like it's you know what I mean he's got a couple uh, weeks left 
Yeah, I might have made that bet in week one when things were looking clear, but we've gotten a couple weeks already. I don't want to push the luck uh, too much, so good point there. Uh, but so, okay, another one with Mike Davis. Uh, I'm guessing this is going to be the same way, but we're not getting too crazy. Right? I mean, Jonathan Taylor locked in RB1 over Mike Davis, despite, you know, seeing a little bit of interesting usage last few weeks. Yeah, you still got to go Taylor. It's not as crazy as it sounds. Uh, when when Davis, you know, was going to get the nod as a starter a couple weeks ago, I wrote on the Action Network that, you know, last it might be struggle to start, but it's going to get easier. And, and now we're getting to a spot where they're playing Arizona. It's a high total game. So I'm not worried about Davis at all. But Jonathan Taylor is just such a talented player. Davis is a journeyman. Uh, you have a, you, you have a defensive game. And while that may scare people, uh, that actually – usually means that there's going to be more uh, rushing attempts. And when the game is close, you, you may see a bat go for like 30 carries. So even though it's two very good defensive teams, uh, I wouldn't be scared of the matchup. Yeah, we've seen Wilkins get involved these last few weeks. It's almost exclusively been in garbage time, uh, in non-garbage time uh, game script. Taylor's had 66 snaps, Naeem Hines 25, and Wilkins only 15. You know, these are good problems to have, though. I mean, Robinson, Taylor, Mike Davis, I think all these guys should be in the top 20 backs. I mean, Davis, uh, over these last two weeks, is tied with DJ Moore with 17 targets, which is pretty hysterical considering they weren't really feeding Christian McCaffrey as much as they usually were. Mike Davis comes in, starts doing his thing, and to his credit, he tied for uh, the, the most uh, four missed tackles last week so not a complete scrub I know he's been on a bunch of teams over the years but they keep feeding him you know a middle class man's version of this McCaffrey workload he's going to continue to be an every week starter uh, moving on to some wide receiver questions we got Cooper Cup who had the big uh, week three versus uh, Alpha Dolphins number one Devontae Parker Ooh, this is tough for me because I, I hate to like pick against Parker. Uh, I like him a lot this week. I think I have him 17th or something, which is higher than he's been for me all year. But uh, I still have Cup in the top 12 uh, along with Robert Woods. Listen, every, like, before the season started, everyone was worried about will Cooper Cup still have a role in the offense with Tyra Higby and Gerald Everett? Newsflash, Cooper Cup is like Jared Goff's best friend and the centerpiece of Sean McVay's offense. He was just giving him a break last year because the dude was coming off of ACL and ripped it up and the team had like, you know, no playoff shot by the end of that. So uh, I think Cup week in, week out, the guy's going to either get 100 yards or he's going to score a touchdown. You can't find too many of his game logs over the past three years where he hasn't done either. I was someone that probably put a little too much stock in some of that puzzling late season usage, but you know what? We got to adjust and we've seen this year. He is now a full-time centerpiece in two wide receiver sets. And you know, it was weird to see that at the end of last year, but yeah, like you said, I mean, when we know this person is going to be the number two target at, a, at worst case in the offense, things are fine, but guess what? He can do it. And Robert Woods can do it because Robert Woods only one fewer carry than Deandre Swift this season, which, uh, you know, that I guess opens up another pickle, but yeah. Yeah, like Swift, that's a guy I'd worry about because I think, you know, the minute they signed Adrian Peterson, it was clear that Matt Patricia wasn't thinking with his right mind. And so, like, now they're kind of rotating guys in. There might be a week where Swift gets, like, you know, the most steps in the backfield, but we won't be able to predict it. Um, DFS tournament only. But uh, the thing, going back to cut real quick, like, it just was crazy to me that, like, everyone was like, he, he had a bad second half of the year. He was the first guy ever to like have a terrible second half and finish the year with five straight touchdowns. Like I know touchdowns are variant, high variance, but like you still have to have some skills to score some touchdowns. 
I hear it. it was it's funny we're talking about Cup and Parker right now because Cup was the wide receiver two in fantasy the first half of the year, and then Parker was the wide receiver two in the second half. And you know, Parker's been looking. I know on uh, the last broadcast, uh, I think it was Aikman kept talking about Parker not looking good. I mean, the guy is averaging like a career high mark in yards per target, and now he's going up against this Seattle secondary that's all kinds of banged up. Do you like this Dolphins uh, stack and GPP, or is that you know maybe a trap situation? Like. I love the Dolphins this week. Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, like, look at the Seahawks. Like, all right, think about how good Russell Wilson's been. This is how I'm going to, like, put it to people. Think about how good Russell Wilson has been this year. The Seattle Seahawks defense has given up 394 more passing yards than Russell Wilson has <laughs> thrown for. They have given up, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, like 400 more air yards than any other team in the league. They are worse than the Falcons right now. Like, it is absurd. And it's because some, it's, some of it is because of Wilson. But at the end of the day, you have to take your shot here. And the thing I love about Parker, and this is the time of year when you really have to start paying attention to this stuff because trends start to emerge, guys get healthier. Uh, Parker, first week, hurt. Uh, you know, was in and out of the game. Second week, 90% uh, of the routes run per drop back. Uh, and then in week three, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, 100% routes run per drop back. That is money in the bank versus the worst defense in the league. Moving up, and yes, as you said, arguably two top fantasy quarterbacks this year, Russell Wilson, whoever is playing the Seahawks. So keep going back to that well. Uh, another wide receiver question, Juju Smith-Schuster versus Will Fuller. Another guy I hate to pick against is Will Fuller, but why? Like, this is another guy I think people are overreacting to his, his slow start. Juju, I mean, he had a, a multi touchdown game already this year. Um, you know, the volume's been solid, it hasn't been terrible. I think maybe people expected like that Antonio Brown combination season with him and that they had at, in, in 2018 before Ben went down, but I don't think that's the Steelers' game. This, this time around simply because they have a much better defense um, and they're just a little more in control and they, they, they know they need to, to spread it around a little bit more just to kind of, uh, you know, keep, keep the defense honest and it's, it's working out for them. So I don't think they're going to change it too much, but Juju is still the most talented uh, wide receiver on that team, although Chase Claypool might push him. Uh, but uh, no, like Juju don't, don't like it, it's been, it's been three weeks. Relax. Play your good guy. Play your, play your guys that you know are talented. Okay, so in, you know, normal week, I think I'm with you, but are we? how concerned are we about this Steelers-Titans game maybe not happening? I mean, do you think if, if people have a pretty close uh, toss-up similar to this that you should just go with the guy who we at least know for sure at this point in the week is going to play? Yeah, well, I mean, that's assuming that you, we have any indication. Like, if, if the True. game is – it's already postponed for Sunday, but, you know, if it's like, okay, it, it's going to happen on Monday – uh, or whenever Tuesday, then that's fine. I think you, you make the decision as you would a Monday night game. But uh, I do think that, yeah, if, of course, if, if, uh, if you have a close call, it's just like a 4 p.m. Uh, lock. It's like if you, you don't know if you can wait or not, you have to go with the earlier guy. Fair, fair. Yeah, I, the only last thing I'd add here is that, you know, Juju, I know he's been banged up uh, throughout the week, and I don't know, man, like, I don't want to put too much into the eye test, you know, hashtag watch the film, but he didn't look 100% last week, and he really hasn't looked all that great this year. He's still putting up the touchdowns, and if Deontay's out, I think we'll have the targets to, uh, you know, make the most of it, but, you know, just uh, something to keep an eye on moving forward. All right, next one. We need to pick two out of this group. We're just going to assume that DJ Chark and Deontay Johnson are healthy. So between Chark, Johnson, and DJ Moore, who's the odd man out? Hmm. The odd man out. Oof. I would go with 
Johnson just because of the uncertainty uh, with the situation. Yeah. Are you, uh, you buying the DJ Moore comeback season potential? I mean, listen, I, I think I had him like 20 something last week and people were like, why did you have him so low? And it's just like, he's, he's on an offense that's just going to be shaky sometimes. I think the way they get five field goals in, in the red zone or something last week, like it's, it's going to be up and down, but I think long-term he'll be fine. Again, talented guys are going to draw targets and they're going to put up numbers. It just won't happen every week unless you're, you know, Calvin Ridley or DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams or one of those guys. So um, I, I think he'll like come back. Sure. I mean, I don't think he, it's even like we're calling it that yet, but um, yeah, I, I think DJ Moore is fine. Like I think every, like there's a, it would be hard to find a guy right now that I don't think is fine. That's like on the public mind. Like, I mean, you could try me, but like, I think people are generally just overreacting right now. <laughs> I hear it. It is a classic overreaction period. So I do think uh, DJ, you know, 26% target share, 50% air yard share right now is going to be fine as this offense that, you know, had less continuity than pretty much anyone going into the year continues to get better. Okay. Uh, just two more here and then we'll get on some DFS picks, but pick two out of this group, Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen and Marquise Brown. Oh, that's a good problem to have. Uh, I got to go Beckham and Allen uh, love Marquise Brown, but the Ravens can win without throwing the football. Uh, whereas I think the, the, uh, the chargers with that really stacked defensive front, you know, for Tampa Bay, they're going to have to use Allen again uh, at monster levels. And I was down on Allen coming into the year for one reason and one reason only. And that was Tyrod Taylor. Uh, with Herbert, you know, even though he's a little erratic, makes some mistakes, uh, you're seeing the Rivers type of numbers with Allen. So love him. And Beckham, I mean, this is just a perfect game script for him. They got stuck in, you know, uh, just a mismatch with Baltimore. Then they were in, like, positive scripts uh, for most of the other two games. So it was, like, Chubb games, even though uh, Cincinnati made a run at them late. But uh, this is a game where you expect Dallas to be able to put up 30-plus points. Cleveland has showed the ability to – be able to score as well so I think you could you could see uh Beckham really eat uh, I think Mayfield this might be one of his better weeks uh, of the year as well yeah we know the Cowboys secondary has been awful this year but somehow they, it could have been far worse they have the highest drop rate percentage against this year at 10.5 percent even though everyone's just shredding them and then you also consider the Metcalf you know fumble out the end zone and the Cowboys again just already awful secondary could somehow has somehow gotten lucky uh through a couple of weeks I'm with you uh, Hollywood Brown I mean you know two better balls away from having a huge uh Monday night potentially but you know with this great problem to have you would have to go OBJ and Keenan all right last one tight end starts it Noah Fant versus Tyler Higby. Oh my goodness! I bet on I bet on the Jets. So, I, like I, you know, Brett Rippin. This is outrageous that they opened as a favorite, but I, I still got to go Noah Fant just because Tyra Higby. I think the concerns that people had for Cooper Cup are actually happening to Higby. And, and I was high on Higby and, and he still had some big games and has like a great touchdown expectation this week, but his routes run per dropback have been uh, slipping and he was, he's around 50% for the year. Uh, so I just don't know that we can trust him, especially in what could be a blowout. I don't know if we can trust that he'll play uh, the whole game. Whereas I know Brett Ripon is going to be, you know, slinging it into, into the ground enough to at least, you know, get Fant a target or two uh, in this disgusting game. So I'm still going with Fant because he could, he could like lead his team in receiving. And I just don't know if Higby, if they need Higby to do that in, in the Rams game. 
Yeah, the week three usage was concerning. Higby went down, Gerald Everett went up. I mean, you know, the three touchdowns in week two were great. But, yeah, the more I dove into this today, uh, you know, last night I originally ranked Higby over Fant. But, you know, I think I'm probably going to make the switch because, hey, without Cortland Sutton there, I mean, it's probably going to be Judy in number one. But also wouldn't be shocking if Fant actually ends up leading the way. So thank you all for sending in those start, start sit questions. Uh, quick shout-out to our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. If you like fantasy football, need to be playing on Underdog Fantasy. I love it. Uh, best experience out there do snake draft games for real money every week draft a new team and you get a shot at big prizes a uh, team that built the app top notch because it's more support is the best in the game consistently updating and adding new features uh, when you make your first deposit today at underdog fantasy on the app store or underdogfantasy.com please use code pff after you do to let them know i sent you all right next up we we'll go over some of our top dfs plays of the week chris and i each could provide one qb rb wide receiver and tight end we'll talk about whether or not they're more of a cash tournament play during the explanation so chris who you uh, really feeling at the QB position this week? In cash, I think I think you got to go Russell Wilson. Like I just don't think you fade these kind of uh, you know hot streaks, especially when he's going against uh, this Miami Dolphins team that is one of the worst in the league against the pass. And you look at the the Seahawks and what they're going through on the ground with Carson getting hurt. They've only had one rushing touchdown. And to Wilson's 14 passing and some say, you know, that will regress and it absolutely will. But you're also getting to a point now where, uh, you know, passing touchdowns within a season, about 10 games to, to, so to uh, stabilize. So you're already getting like a 20% kind of predictive rate just out of these three games. And since 2017, he's averaging two point one four touchdowns per game. So this is just an absolute another smash spot for Wilson. And I don't think you want to get cute with everyone else because everyone else, there's at least some question. Like it's like Josh Allen. Okay. Maybe the travel, you know, maybe the bills finally, you know, have a, have a shaky game where he commits too many turnovers. Kyler Murray doesn't always pass efficiently. Patrick Mahomes is playing Belichick. Uh, Lamar Jackson got exposed, you know, again, was kind of concerning. I think he'll bounce back, but you know, he's also more expensive. So to me, just go with the safer guy. Like, he's not that expensive. You know, you can fit him in. He's going to be the highest scoring player on the slate. Yeah, and when, you know, they're still not really giving Lockett or Metcalf the top five price tags to go along with it, you can lock in, you know, arguably the most condensed target share in the league with that. So, Cash, I'm with you. Need Russ. Uh, I'm looking at the other quarterback, as you as you brought up, uh, you know, talking about the Seahawks earlier. But, yeah, let's go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, everyone. Look, the guy went 18 for 20 last week. Preston Williams and Mike Jacecki each only have one catch, and they found the end zone, so it wasn't a complete disaster. But, you know, everyone's looking at the targets afterwards and upset. And, okay, with Jacecki in the slot and Isaiah Ford, you know, playing there. So, a little problematic, but this is the game where we can see, you know, 40-plus pass attempt fits Magic just in comeback mode the entire time. Jamal Adams is probably out, and so is potentially Quentin Dunbar. So this is already a secondary that, again, has not been having success, even at full strength. Now they're banged up. You know, it's a situation like uh, I, last week I was probably more in on Daniel Jones in that passing game against a banged up uh, 49ers defense more so than I should be. So, you know, this is why you shouldn't cash it, because any team where, you know, they're probably going to finish the year with five or fewer wins, you know, just maybe take an extra hesitation it would have helped me out if I did that last week. But I do think, you know, as cheap as Fitzpatrick is and as doable as his stack is uh, with the injuries, uh, I have no problem going up that well for GPPs. Chris, are you liking our running back? Oof, I mean, this is a, this is a pretty good week. Uh, I think at running back, there's a lot of different guys you could, you could go with up and down the board. Um, I mean, for me, I'm still going with uh, Alvin Kamara if I can fit him in. I, I, just, I just think like, you know, that game with the, the high total, with them on the road with, 
you know, whether Thomas is back or not, like th this is what the, the Saints are going to be now. Drew Brees can't really get the ball down the field. So uh, I love um, I, I love Kamara. Like, I'm just going with the chalk. And, and Detroit number uh, bottom three against running backs this year makes it even better. He seems like a thousand bucks too cheap still. He's on pace to shatter McCaffrey's reception record last season. So, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they've caught up just yet. Even if Michael Thomas finds a way to get back, I mean, they're still going to be feeding this guy. Uh, I'm liking Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, for tournaments because there are so many good backs in that 5,500 to 6,000 range. I think the yeah. reality that uh, Clyde should probably be, you know, he would be, I think, in that 7,000 range if uh, pricing had come out before the Monday night game. We've seen everything we could ask for uh, with his usage since that. Uh, week one game he's not getting you know 90 snaps quite but that's fine because he's getting all the touches i mean in the two games this year where they've had a positive game script he's cleared 20 rush attempts with ease and then after the goose egg uh, week one through the air he's gone six catches for 32 yards five catches for 70 yards and more importantly the guy just looks awesome only josh jacobs has forced uh, more missed tackles this season than claude edwards hilaire it's a situation now where you know i, I know past matchup uh, data isn't always the you know most sticky in the long term but the chiefs just i, I don't know why the Patriots can't figure out how to guard these running backs but it's been again and again over the years uh, Kareem Hunt had five catches for 98 yards and two scores and then five catches for 105 yards and a touchdown against the Patriots Damian Williams had five catches for six six yards and two scores I mean Andy Reid in these wheel routes just continues to give the Patriots uh, trouble while their secondary remains as good as ever the front seven is looking a lot weaker and we saw you know the um you know, I could take advantage of a little bit uh, week two against the Seahawks. So I think uh, Clyde, a little bit underpriced, and it's a way to get away from some of those more chalky guys uh, in the 5,500 range. Uh, Chris, you're looking at wide receiver. At wide receiver, I am, you know, I've been going with Hopkins. He's way up there at 8,500 now. Uh, I, think, I think you want to get in at least one, if not both, of these, uh, of these Seattle guys, even if you're playing uh, Wilson and just kind of go high-low. But uh, my favorite value, I think, is Devontae Parker at 5,700 because I think some people will still end up going with uh, Fitzpatrick and cash, which, uh, you know, I think I get it from like a, a pure value perspective, but again, like you have to pay up for somebody. And I think Wilson's the right play because he's the highest floor guy. And so you can still get exposure then to the number one, uh, you know, expected pass catcher in that Dolphins offense, who again has run 100% of the routes per drop back. But I will just give a quick shout out to a guy I love in GPPs. And that is uh, T Higgins for the Bengals in what should be a, uh, a kind of back and forth game with Jacksonville. He he also led the Bengals in snaps among wide receivers last week. That was big. So uh, look out for T, T Higgins as well. I like that call. Uh, I, I have one GPP kind of dart and that's, Gabriel Davis with the Bills is actually playing almost every snap. And if John Brown is out, we have a, you know, potential high scoring game and he is just so cheap. You can make uh, some Josh Allen stacks there, but uh, my main guy, I have a similar uh, thought process with you where, you know, I'm looking at the always awesome uh, fantasy labs models that, you know, powered by the always great odds maker, best projection man, in the biz. And, uh, you know, got some solid projected ownership over there too, but looking at this mid range of wide receiver, at least for now, it's uh, looking like Will Fuller at 5,900 and DJ Moore at 5,600 are going to be the guys there and that leaves Parker at 5700 and as we mentioned before OBJ at 5800 as you know potentially just better setup receivers I think period and then if we're getting the discount on the ownership as well that's even better but you know mentioned the uh, Cowboys secondary and things haven't been looking that great for Jarvis Landry this year Beckham's been fine though I mean he truly has they're in Cleveland they're more or less running the same Minnesota offense we saw in 2019 and, D and Beckham has that Stefan Diggs down the field high average target that role and I just don't think there's anyone uh 
uh, on the Cowboys that can guard him when he's playing as well he is as well as he is right now. Uh, Chris, thoughts on tight end? So I like I like Logan Thomas a lot still. Uh, you know he's getting targeted at like a pretty much a league high rate among uh, tight ends. Uh, I know I know who you're gonna pick, and I love him too. Uh, and I think uh, I think Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry still is in this mix because. You, again, you look at Tampa Bay and the, their strength is their front and you're going to have to do some things with, with somebody other than Eckler. Tampa Bay has given up just uh, 157 yards on 50 carries to back. So I, I think you're going to have to go to, to, to Henry and try to, you know, stretch those linebackers and, uh, or get some matches with the safeties. And you, so it's going to be Allen and, uh, and Henry game. And Henry has been pretty consistent, you know, even with all the kind of quarterback turmoil in LA. So I think he's too cheap. Uh, is like the what is he the tight end nine at uh, at forty six hundred? Yeah, he's been good. Just hasn't found the end zone yet. Yeah. So you know that's gonna break at some point. But yes, I am liking T.J. Hawkinson a lot this week at forty eight hundred. Uh, shout out had a Dwayne McFarland on the on the pod that came out this morning. He kind of tipped me off on it originally, but year high season high marks and targets last week with seven snaps with fifty four. Most importantly, routes at thirty five. I mean, this is a situation where we've seen Jesse James for whatever reason keep him on the bench. It's still annoying that this offense is gonna you know devote agent Peter devote 20 plus carries to Adrian Peterson at certain points. But, you know, first week back with Galladay, it wasn't a situation where we saw just Galladay take that number one spot and push Hawkinson even further down. It seemed like Hawkinson almost leaped Marvin Jones and they could be moving forward with Galladay and Hawkinson as their top two guys. I think it makes sense. You know, there's still a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I don't think we can quite treat uh, Hawkinson as an every week tight end one until we see a little more consistency. But, you know, coming off just that, more, you know, four catches, 53 yards. Uh, it wasn't awful, but flowchart game against the Cardinals. Everyone expected much more. It didn't quite happen. So definitely think uh, Hawk has a chance to rebound this week. I, th I think we can count, him, count on him as a tight end one. Because okay. the, the, the number one thing that's going to predict uh, future playing time and routes run is the most recent data you have on routes run. He played 89. He, he ran around on 89% of the dropbacks last week that is absurd for a tight end most of those guys usually top out around you know 80 85 percent so um that is actually one of the best data points and he's one of my favorite plays for the week too um when you when you wrote him up i was like oh that that's that's the guy i wanted like i, I love hawkinson as long as the lines don't line yes he should be he should be looking right. good moving forward so all right everybody that's gonna do it thank you for tuning in to pff fantasy football podcast and thank you chris for coming on everyone make sure you go follow him on twitter at chris raybon uh, anything you want to plug or shout out on the docket yeah listen to the uh, action network uh, fantasy flex podcast it, it comes out every tuesday with friedman corner and i and then uh on thursday we come out with the betting pod and uh, it's 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 a really good pod so check both of those out and of course the dfs breakdown for the main slate on sunday Awesome stuff over there from those guys. Truly some of the sharpest dudes in the business. A uh, quick shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. People ask me how they can get, you know, a discount on a PFF subscription. This is how. You go to Monkey Knife Fight, you put at least 20 bucks into account, use promo code PFF, and you will get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. $40 value for just 20 bucks. And hey, if you're, if you're uh, playing hot, you can go on Monkey Knife Fight, play DFS or prop games, and turn that $20 into more. So opportunity to get PFF for free. Sounds good to me, and it should sound good to you. Go to Monkey Knife Fight, code PFF. That's going to do it, everyone. Thank you again for listening to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. You can tune back in every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm host Ian Harditz, and until next time, take care.